Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You know... We were, I had friends that we were chipping in on gifts together with each other to buy something for someone, right? And I said, gosh, it'd be great if there was like an app where I could go out and, you know, basically invite some friends via Facebook to chip in and buy someone something that we wouldn't be able to afford, you know, on our own. And then the person who bought the gift, you know, isn't, you know, awkwardly going out and saying, hey, dude, you owe me this, right? Are you going to pay me? And, and, and going through that. So the first application that I ever built with my, current partner and, and co-founder and CTO was a group gifting application. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is Ryan O'Donnell. Ryan is the co-founder and CEO of two tech platforms used by thousands of companies, CellHack, as a Chrome browser extension to build targeted prospect lists, and Replyify automatically sends out your cold emails so you never forget to follow up again. Ryan implements the software platforms he's built to consistently generate over $1 million in revenue. After a quick stint on Wall Street where he cut his teeth making 500 calls a day as a broker, Ryan saw the opportunity in technology and has been building internet businesses for the last 10 years. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Awesome. Glad to be here. Pleasure is mine. Well, why don't we get started with, with your background? It sounds like right now you run two tech platforms, but what was the path? I mean, I, I'm almost picturing, uh, you know, uh, what's, what's that movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, where he was in Wall Street? I'm, I, I, I'm blanking on it. I, I would have never been able to, to get to that, that point. Um, <laughs> but but it, it's right. Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wolf Wall of, Street. Yeah, it was Wolf. I'm, I'm picturing Wolf of Wall Street. And I think w- what I did was more boiler room oh. without the shadiness though. Right? Oh, so it, it's, it, okay. So you were Ben Affleck and uh, um, Vin Diesel before, before. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. But the, walk us through that. You know, so you graduated from college and then you were on Wall Street. What was the what was the process like? Uh, process was pack the U-Haul, move to Hoboken, uh, get an apartment with my 
now wife, you know, I'm on the hook for what back then it was 1200, 1300 bucks a month in rent and uh, sitting, you know, a day after graduating from college in this kitchen surrounded by boxes needing a job and going to Craigslist and basically responding, you know, uh, applying, you know, you're in Wall Street, what do you, you're, you're in New York, what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> you know, someone with, with very little experience like myself, it's like, all right, you're going to be in, in finance or advertising or fashion. My wife is in fashion. And if you saw my, my fashion taste, you'd probably guess I, I wouldn't go that path. So, um, you know, I went to Wall Street, it studied for my, you know, Series 7, 63 and passed those. And, you know, I, I was grinding, sick, making $600 every two weeks living in New York. And, you know, on the spec that, you know, you, you get your licenses, you, you, you go through, you know, go through this path, you make your 500 cold calls a day, 50, you know, 50 connects, five leads, try to open one new account. And, you know, as you grow your book of business, there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, for me, it was New York wasn't where I saw myself living and raising a family, and I didn't want to spend the next, you know, three to five years of my life kind of building this business that I would ultimately end up leaving. So um, I had that realization, and and fortunately, you know, had a great experience, met some great people, um, but left and and left that with you know very irrelevant experience for what I tried to get into, which was marketing and tech. You know, so I really had to work my way up from the from the ground floor. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, it's fascinating because then you worked your way from the ground floor. You found out that maybe there's the opportunity in tech. What was that conversation like with your wife where you said, hey, um, I think I'm going to do something a little different in a different industry? You know, we've, gosh, how long we've we been married? I'm not going to let her listen to this because it's coming up on 10 years, but but Congrats. this was t- this was 2004, right? Mm, yeah. And I think we've gone through this this you know, we have this mutual understanding where we've got each other's backs when it comes to decision like, like, like these, meaning we've both jumped to new companies. Um, and you know, when one person's kind of stable, the other person's got free reign to go out and do whatever the heck they want. Right. right? And we just kind of go back and forth with that. So, you know, from her perspective, she saw me grinding and not happy. And it was like, if, if, you know, if this is going to lead you somewhere, like let's, let's see you do it. And you know, a lot of it, a lot of you know the success was uh, I don't want to call it luck because there was a there was a heck of a lot of of hard work put in there, but there were opportunities that presented th- themselves. I remember when when I was at Right Media, which was the company that you know we ultimately un- ended up you know selling for you know six hundred eighty million dollars to Yahoo. Um, I do not have six hundred eighty million in the bank. I don't even I I have a, a Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> but it, it, there was an opportunity. The international team was forming inside of this this you know two hundred person startup right around you know right before the time of the acquisition, right around then. And there was an opportunity to you know stay in a role that was comfortable or go to this like brand new emerging business unit that had you know no revenue at the time. And, and I jumped at the opportunity and that opportunity took me to, you know, all kinds of different countries. I th- think I was telling you earlier, I was in, I was in, you know, London once or twice a month. And on the London trip, I would, I would either go to, you know, Munich or Amsterdam or Rome where we had clients. I was in, you know, India, Hong Kong, China, Australia, all over the world, Argentina, right. And, and, and bringing this, this new business and, and teaching it to, 
emerging markets and companies that were getting started in emerging markets using the software that we provided to run their businesses. So, um, you know, just the opportunities that have come from, you know, seeing, you know, seeing an opportunity and then making the best decision you can either, you know, seize it or, or say no to it. And I was fortunate enough to make, you know, I've made more good choices than I've made poor choices. And those that's kind of left me in the positive clump at this point. No, this is fascinating. I want to go back and unpack what happened uh, when Yahoo bought Right Media. So you, you were Right Media. They did online ad exchange. Yahoo, you know, they come and say, hey, we're going to buy your company. Are, are you freaking out at that moment thinking maybe they're going to sell you? They're going to base it's in, you know, acquisition. You're not going to be part of a new team. Or did you already have the understanding that you're going to be in there? And then when you were there, what was it like to travel out of the world and connect with different people from different backgrounds? So at that time I was, I was what, 26, 27 years old and waking up one morning and having coffee and, and having my wife be like, you know, the company you work for is on CNBC, Yahoo, <laughs> right? And it was like, it, because at that point I had not, I hadn't gotten myself to that level where I was privy in that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Like we, we knew stuff was going, you know, there, there were you know, suits walking around the office and stuff like that, but no one at my level really knew what was going on. So, you know, waking up that day and, and actually seeing the news was was fascinating. You know, there was this buzz around the office. Um, you know, I was I was fortunate enough to be recruited to this company, of which you know the the, the other employees at this at this you know at our startup. These were, you know, Ivy League grads. You know, uh, McKinsey alum, like people who are used to, you know. Um, you know, they, they put in the work at some period of their life, you know, to get to a point where they went to an Ivy league school and then they went to like a, a, a tier one company to work for. For me, this was my fast track, right? This was my golden ticket to get into a company like Yahoo, where on paper at this point in my career, I probably wouldn't have had the credentials to do that. So for me, it was, it, it, it was, it was, you know, fantastic. Right. It, it was it was like I just jumped up two levels without even doing anything. Wow. 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 And then obviously you started to find you were involved in the international expansion team. What was that like? What's it like to go into uh, other countries and try and sell them uh, why your business should make, should be in their country rather? Well, those three years, the outcome of those three years are why I likely will never need a resume again. Mm. And it, and and why I will never go back. And you know, I I I went to a I went to a large, you know, kind of public university in Ohio, Kent State University. Go Golden Flashes, right? Hey. But it's not the it, it's not the type of, of of school that has you know that that has you know McKinsey circling, rounding up the the, the top grads and recruiting them, you know, or Morgan Stanley or Bear Stearns or any of these other you know top tier, you know air quotes right now, employers out there kind of bringing people in and putting them on this, this career path. Right. Um, so, you know, at, at that point I was 27 years old, Yahoo bought us and, you know, I didn't have a, a resume that, that was really worth anything at that point. Um, so I, I had nothing to lose. And I spent the next three years, you know, with this, with a lot of budget, right. And the, and the, you know, in zero revenue. And my mission was to go out and help the local Yahoo offices kind of come up to speed and embrace and, and integrate our, our software, while at the same time, 
you know, there were, you know, ad networks and, and ad technology companies and advertisers and publishers out there, um, you know, all over the world that, you know, had, had traditionally been, you know, selling their media or buying media or, you know, better to say just trading media via this, this, this very, this very like old school process, right? Where we brought an algorithmic approach to it. So for a lot of the, the, these companies, you know, change was, was difficult to embrace and learn. But at the same time, we help this industry, you know, go through a boom period and, and companies were starting up left and right. And, and it was my job to go out and teach and teach people how to use this, this new software platform to run their entire businesses. So we went from, from 0 million to, you know, upwards of, of $20 million, you know, just over the course of, of a couple of years. And, and I think that experience has, has, you know, given me the confidence in hiring and firing and, and running a budget and really, you know, getting all of the, 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 the key components of running a successful business under my belt. I, but now, the, the biggest difference between what I do now, running two software startups versus what I did then, is there's no one to help with things, right? So if I had a question at Yahoo about, you know, um, saying that, you know, a, a team of account managers who reported to me were, you know, were, were way overworked, right? Yeah. I would go to HR, I, I would ask for some budget, and I would ask them to go out and recruit this type of person. They would bring me 10 candidates to interview. I'd fly to London. I'd interview those folks. We'd make an offer and, and hire someone on, on the team, right? If I needed, uh, you know, go into a trade show, right? We had a whole, there was a, a, there was a team who showed up and set up and tore down a trade show booth. I just showed up. The difference between that and what I do now is, is you know, I sweep the floors now, right? I write the blog posts. I sweep the floors. I, I make the calls on who gets paid what and, and what benefits to you. So it, it's a it's a completely different way of working, right? Working at a large company is is you know dichotomically different than working at a at a tech startup. And and, and I, that perspective and kind of seeing both of that is I wouldn't for right now I wouldn't trade what I have for the world, right? Wow. I, I I love it. I love the I love the 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 grind, right? I love that it's it's a lot harder, in my opinion, than what my former life was. Yeah, no, I mean, first of all, I can just hear the, the excitement that comes through when you're talking about this. And also, even just listening to your story, I mean, whether it was you making 500 calls a day, that's that's crazy. Um, and you doing what you did with, and with right media and going to new markets, you can see shades of those in the two companies you currently have, with Hack and Replyify, where you're one, you're building targeted prospects, and then the other is helping to automatically send send out cold emails. So I'm just curious as to that transition when you realize, you know what, it's time to do my own thing. You know, how did you make that decision, and what was that inner process like? It it wasn't it wasn't that straightforward. It it, it wasn't that. Uh strategic but decision by myself at that point if, you, if for anyone out there who's ever worked at a, a at a large international company right you know that your world can change any day based on a reorg right when when the powers that be decide that that you know the you know some of the folks at the top need a shuffle uh or organization you, you know groups need reorganized for efficiencies and this and that so i was on this international team based in new york Yahoo came down and said, look, we're going to 
we're basically going to centralize international to, and run it out of these different regions, right? APAC, EMEA, and then emerging markets. So I needed to move to London, Hong Kong, or Singapore. And at that point, that wasn't really in the cards for me. It, 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 it would have been, you know, looking back, it would have been it would have been a great experience, but for me personally, that wasn't what I wanted to do. So they said, "Look, you can do this. You can move to one of these three places, or move out to Sunnyvale and, and work on the you know domestic team, or you can take this this package, right? And we're gonna you know we're gonna pay you this to you know a severance package. So I, I took the package and I used that money as as essentially my my startup money. Now the first decision I made was, you know, I did some consulting just to kind of keep, keep some money coming in and, and that. Um, but I wanted to start up, I wanted to go do something. So, you know, I, I'd been kind of keeping track of these ideas that I had. And, and this was around the time where, you know, I just got married and I was going to a lot of weddings and anyone who out there who's, you know, in their twenties, late twenties, mid twenties, you know, you tend to go through a period where you're like, gosh, every weekend I'm going to a wedding. Yeah, that's me and now. <laughs> right. So it, it, embrace it. I know it can be a grind at sometimes, but that's going to end soon. And it's going to turn into you haven't seen your friend for six weeks, you know, your best friends for six weeks because you all have, you know, toddlers and can't get out. Right. So enjoy that time. But I was going through this period and saying, you know, we were, I had friends that we were chipping in on gifts together with each other to buy something for someone. Right. And I said, gosh, it'd be great if there was like an app where I could go out and, you know, basically invite some friends via Facebook to chip in and buy someone something that we wouldn't be able to afford, you know, on our own. And then the person who bought the gift, you know, isn't, you know, awkwardly going out and saying, Hey dude, you owe me this, right. Are you going to pay me? And, and, and going through that. So the first application that I ever built with my current partner and, and co-founder and CTO was a group gifting application. We said, look, Facebook's, you know, going through this period of, of snapping up companies for a million bucks, you know, you know, here and there, we, we think we can build this app, you know, flip it inside of 12 to 24 months and, and, and life would be good. And, it, you know, that was our first attempt at it. And then we pivoted that business a couple times, um, you know, from consumer kind of group gifting into, sociogram which was like a b2b play right if you've ever bought something online and and you're checking on like an online retailer and they give you an option they say is this a gift and you can type out this gift message and that gets printed on a packing slip we said wouldn't it be cool if you could just you know open your phone or turn your webcam on and like record someone a personal video message that they would get whenever their gift arrived and you know we we thought we had legs there and and we were going out and trying to sell that and and that's where we got bogged down in sales. We just didn't sell hard enough. And that's what, you know, that experience of kind of winding that company down and realizing that, you know, we weren't that successful. You know, the product might not have been perfect, but we certainly weren't in front of enough opportunities um, because sales was such a grind and, and inefficient. And that was the genesis for starting Sellhack. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Wow. It's, it's so funny how, you know, yes, you were there. You were trying to solve a problem. And then while you're trying to solve a problem, you build a company, you realize, oh, my goodness, there needs to be a system where we can actually build out build out this this lists because it's going to be bogging down your your you know your processes is not going to let you do what you actually want to end up doing and so cell hack came uh, well, but- so let me go one step back i don't think i've shared this with, with anyone so this is like exclusive content it's Woo-hoo! not like a secret but i think this is a <laughs> i don't think i've ever shared this with anyone so um, we were at the point we had sociogram. It was, it was winter of like 2014, something like that. Um, maybe January right after the holidays. And we were, it was myself, my co-founder and CTO. And then one of, and then we had an engineer on the team and he decided one day that, that, you know, he was going to go, he was going to leave. He just kind of saw the writing on the wall, which I, I get and he wanted to go work somewhere else. And, and he left and, and it was like kind of, it was a Friday. And, and we parted ways, said goodbye and that and, and, you know, wished him well. And then my, my partner and I, we went, you know, right down the street, there's this great place. If you ever come to Cleveland, it's called Melt. It's like the biggest, juiciest grilled, like overstuffed grilled cheese sandwiches of every flavor. And, you know, we had one of those and, and a couple IPAs and, and literally sitting there saying, you know, what do we do? Like, what do we do? Like, we weren't scared. Like losing this cat wasn't the end of the world, but it was, it was a transition point, Right. We were in this point where we could keep on grinding, or we could take this this incident and and you know use it as a catalyst to do something else. And and that's why I said, gosh, you know, one of the things that I wish I had, and one of the things where I wait, I used to waste like five hours a week on, was going out and building prospect lists, and you know, and guessing and verifying email addresses, and and just emailing you know business prospects to get in front of. I said. Could you build something that could do, you know, that that could basically, you know, take a person's name and a company and produce an email address that was verified and then, you know, do that 10 or 100 or 1000 times for me. So I didn't spend waste five hours a week. And he said, you know, like he says to to most engineering and and technical problems. Yes. You know, anything's possible. And he kind of, you know, he he took that and, and went and built a version one. And then I shared that with some friends and it's just been kind of like a snowball effect since then. But, you know, again, opportunities present themselves and sometimes you don't even know that they're there. Right. But like we felt it and, you know, there was this, this change in this transition and this, like this bad feeling of, of like doubt. And, you know, we reversed that by, you know, going all in on this new direction and this new path and, and, you know, applying all of our resources to this new thing that wasn't already dead. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's quite the story. Thanks for sharing that. And thanks for the exclusive. I always appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) But okay. No. So then can you talk to me about what, what you learned then? Because obviously with, um, getting your first client or getting your 101st client, 
what are those foundational things that you need to have as a sales as a salesperson? Yeah, so so this this former company, Sociogram and, and Let's Gift It, these gifting and retail related companies. I don't like giving gifts. I don't. I do not like w- w- when I do gifts. I'll hop on uh, to Amazon at Christmas time, you know, one evening, and I'll, you know, I'll bang everyone out in in a couple hours, right? And just kind of it'll all show up at my door two days later, right? I don't like gifts. I don't like cards. I'm like, why the hell am I in this business where I'm building something for people who are giving gifts, right? And and th- and there was just no authenticity there. I think once I got in the cell hack and I think what's important for, you know, the main takeaway from the first like 15 minutes of us talking here is, you know, I think everyone needs to find their theme. Okay. And, and you'll hear like investors and advisors and business coaches always saying like, you know, go out and do what you loved. Well, people did what they loved. You know, we like, what would this world have? Like a lot more photo sharing apps, right? (laughs) Different stuff for watching TV or playing video. Like, you know, that doesn't necessarily make sense from a professional standpoint, though. My theme is I love sales and marketing and, and talking to people. I love the thrill of winning a new client, especially when it's winning them from a competitor. And I just felt I felt that like, you know, my my candor and in, in how I, you know, spoke with people and how I wrote content and how I, you know, designed everything around this sales and marketing related business just the authenticity that came through with it and the passion that that was a byproduct of the authenticity has paid dividends. Right. And that's, and that's what I focus on. That's been a main driver for us. It just, it comes easy. It comes natural. And, and it wasn't until I went through this series of like ups and downs and, and trials and, and, you know, failures and, and that I actually found something that worked and then it was, you know, from there it was just about you know keeping it sustainable and and, and continuing to grow. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I love your story so much because it's like uh, it really is like a movie. You know, you move one place, you change careers, you get told that you have to take a severance package, or you go to APAC, which is Asian Pacific, and uh, EMEA, which is Europe, Middle East, and Africa. You can either go to those regions, or you said, "I'm going to take my service package. I'm going to turn that into something." And you definitely had those startup uh, problems that a lot of people have. You know, a partner left. Um, you don't know how to make revenue. The system isn't sustainable. And then you create a problem out of that. So um, it's fascinating because a lot of times I get emails from people who are saying, you know, they get frustrated with the process because they don't feel like they have any support. They don't feel like they have any blueprint. And sometimes it's easy to just quit. And your story is one that you just didn't quit. You just better yourself consistently and you just got even more creative. So Dude, I was on I was on unemployment at one point in I, New York. You gotta right? tell me more. <laughs> I was on I, I was I was cashing unemployment checks because I, I you know, I was out like looking for, for gigs and trying to find them, but, but like, you know, nothing yeah, I was I was I was on I was on unemployment for, for a bit. Like I've been there, you know. And, and when people, when I talk to people now and they're like, oh, I'm uncomfortable, like, you know, making sales and, and talking to people and sending emails to people who might not want to hear from me, I, I, I look, you know, I don't always get to look my, my clients in the eyes because a lot of this is done, you know, over the internet. But I, I say, you know what, you know what I'm, I'm uncomfortable with? I'm uncomfortable with being broke, <laughs> right? I'm uncomfortable being broke. 
And, and in today's day and age where, you know, there are tools out there, you know, to, you know, basically help you automate or, you know, make more efficient just about every component of, you know, what you need to run your business. There's never been a better time to get out there and, and start your own this or that, right? Consulting, you know, and I think for this, this whole like movement of like, you know, you know, the, um, you know, these nomads out there, uh, no pun intended here, but, you know, folks who are, who are literally just like, you know, traveling around the world, you know, filling gigs that they're finding on Upwork. Um, like that's, I just went on Upwork two weeks ago and filled out an Upwork profile. And I've been, you know, and it was a growth test. Yeah. I wanted to see, you know, are there people on Upwork that I could, that would, you know, want my services in a, in a consulting capacity just to see. And, and, you know, that's turned into, you know, uh, albeit, you know, fairly small at this point, that's turned into another revenue stream. Like there are, there are so many ways of making money out there. Um, and, and so many different ways of going about it, whether it's social media, you know, sites like Upwork or, or even just like the good old fashioned cold email, which is where, you know, my bread and butter is, um, you know, this is it. And, you know, uncomfort is being broke. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I mean, you, you talk about moments being in unemployment. I, I've shared stories of me going to co-working spaces where I knew, I sort of knew the people that worked there and I would just lounge in there with my laptop and, you know, pretend like I was meeting them and then looking through the glass. Yeah, looking, looking through, through the glass, the glass. At, at the people like who had real offices and investors and like I'm the one sitting on a wood chair or a beanbag. Yeah, like, yeah. Trying and to figure it out. I would be right. using their Wi Fi and then I know that they always had cereal there. So that would be my breakfast, lunch, and dinner because I didn't go. have money for food. <laughs> and right. so I'll just sit there and I'll be like, I'll shake their hands. Hey, how are you? Yay. And then they're like, oh, you're just here to meet someone. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That, and that's, that's exactly, that was me for a few months, but it, it does, it does, um, if, if you stay committed, like, like what you're doing, it does end up switching up. And I'm, I'm so curious though to learn more about the psychology behind sales, uh, behind sales emails, because when you are on unemployment, how did you figure out a way to work yourself out of that and then be the CEO and co-founder of two companies? That's insane. Yeah. And CEO is just kind of, you know, it's kind of self-deprecating saying like saying that I don't like to be called the CEO because I really do everything. And it's hard to be a CEO of like a five person company. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like, and so in terms of like, in terms of grinding it out, I mean, it's, it, it really is like we dog food our own, our own tech and our own software. Like a lot of our business was was built upon us using the tools that that we build and and going forward and you know I've shared this with, with my with my partner and, and co-founder and CTO before it has been you know my theme is like you know sales and growth and marketing like you know tech driven like I want to stay I want to stay there throughout the rest of my career um, and, and you know I want to be working on tools and I want to be working on businesses that I use. Right. And yeah. I don't ever want to get to a point where I think I have a great idea for something that I that, that I wouldn't use. Right. Because because when you use something every day and, and you find these, you know, you find these efficiencies, hey, we should be doing it like this or or, you know, where I'm getting caught up or or I found a bug in doing this. Um, it, it helps you to create a, a much more 
uh, sustainable product that actually solves a problem for your clients rather than you just saying, oh, look, you know, I'm going to go build, you know, some sort of a real time, you know, messaging platform, you know, for this or that. If you're if you've never done it before or if you've never um, or if you're not going to even use it every day. Right. So yeah. I think, you know, finding building building things around problems that you have that are frequent enough that whatever you're building or working on are going to be solved by that particular solution um, often enough, I think is a, at least for us, it's been a, a great recipe for success. Absolutely. You, now you say there's something that we shouldn't do. You say, don't do this. Um, the wrong things that you used to do in sales. What are those <laughs> things that you shouldn't do? Yeah. So here, here's what a, you know, before we started sell hack and reply, if I, a, a typical Tuesday afternoon would look something like this. I would, you know, I'd go to LinkedIn and I'd run a search and I'd, I'd find a bunch of people within a search result. And then I'd, I'd look for people who are connected to them and I'd start asking for introductions. Right. And I think intros are, 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 are good, but I was, I was relying on other people to make introductions to potential clients for me. And one thing I found with introductions and, and, and this is the, this is the flip side of, of getting an intro to a potential prospect that sometimes the prospect will just take a meeting because of the social capital they have with the person making the referral. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're interested in your product or service, right? So I spent way too much time on that. Um, and then when I said, look, I'm going to go out and start sending just blind, cold emails to people and, and that, that I've never heard of and not go through the intro path, you know, I wouldn't send enough or I would send, you know, I would send one email uh, by hand. I, maybe I'd copy and paste and, and kind of tweak the copy of the email, you know, that I had in the text document, you know, on, on my computer. And I'd send these emails one by one. And then most of the time I, I wouldn't follow up. Right. And if I, if I did follow up and, and what I used to do is I'd put time in my calendar on, on Tuesdays, uh, every Tuesday I'd block out three hours and I'd go through and I, I would send out my emails one by one. And then I would follow up with the people that I hadn't heard back from. So that meant me going in and creating all these crazy tags inside of the Gmail and searching the tags and like literally going through and, and, you know, following up and replying to the people who didn't reply to me. And it just took too damn long to do. Right. Um, and, and I think it's not having a, a consistent process um, where you're consistently doing something and following up with people more than once. Right. On average, you know, the cold emails I'm sending today, uh, you know, have, you know, at least five to seven contacts or at least five to seven emails over the course of 30 to 45 days. And the beautiful thing with, you know, Replyify is, you know, I'm able to personalize and customize those emails and all seven, e all seven of those emails and follow-ups automatically get sent out, um, you know, to my prospects. So I don't spend those three hours every week going through and, and doing things by hand. Those three hours, I can then focus those on, on having more sales meetings and demos and calls. Um, so it's just this, it, you know, it's this compounding effect that, you know, when you, for us, we don't pay for the software. I mean, we, we do pay for it because we run it. But, you know, for the entrepreneur out there who's wondering how to grow their business, right, take those three hours that you're wasting, you know, doing probably what I, uh, what I just described. If you're a B2B company product or service trying to find new clients, right? And imagine if you had, you know, those three hours packed with demos and calls and meetings to be able to work on projects and proposals, right? 
that's how you go from, you know, doing what you're doing now in terms of revenue and growth, right? And bumping it up and getting to the next level and starting to compound revenue 10 or 20% month over month, yeah. right? It, yeah. It's spending a little bit of money up front. Um, and, and when I say a little bit, I'm talking, you know, our max plan on Replyify is, is 99 bucks, right? So for a hundred bucks a month, you just save yourself 12 hours. Yeah. Positive or negative ROI. Yeah. Right. Yeah, positive yeah, all day positive. long. Yeah. You can't argue that. Yeah. Um, so it, but it's, you know, we see it, and I used to fall into this category and we see so many entrepreneurs going out there and saying, you know, this whole bootstrapping mentality and, and having this, you know, very small, small minded approach to it. Bootstrapping doesn't mean trying to do things for free or, or get away from paying. Right. It means keeping your costs down. Right. But, but your cost is also measured in your opportunity cost. So if I can say, for a hundred dollar spend, I can free up twelve hours of 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 my time a month, right? That is a that is a no brainer. You're going to scale that all day long. Yeah. Huh. Wow. That's no. That is incredible. And where can people find out uh, more about Replyfy and and maybe even Cellhack? Yeah. So we're. I, I mean, we're we're on the web reply that's replyify is r e p l y i f y dot com sellhack is s e l l h a c k we blog for both we don't we kind of neglect twitter and facebook and social right now just as like content like we 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 blog a lot and we have conversations like this more frequently but you know at this moment we're spending so much damn time selling and having demos and and doing those sorts of things that we kind of let the Twitter ball drop. So you're not going to find a ton of stuff there. Um, but we're, you know, email Ryan at, at replyify.com, the best place to get me. Um, and, and that's where, I mean, w- we spend all day using our tech and then, you know, teaching others how to use it and supporting it. Yeah. Okay. No, we'll put that in the show notes and we'll definitely make sure we can direct as many people as we can over there. But I, you know, I want to thank you, you know, for coming on the show to, to really share. I mean, you shared a lot of Stories from the startups to your uh, particular journey, and you even dropped some um, sales tips, uh, which I know a lot of the listeners would be um, uh, would find very helpful. One last thing I always ask my listeners and my audience, rather, um, well, my guests, is my mission statement: use your difference to make a difference. That's the reason why I do any of this. That's the reason why I consult, speak, or podcast. So I'm curious, Ryan, how do you use your difference to make a difference? For me, it's it, it it's with my it's with my kids. Mm. Every everything I do, and and I, I you know I don't know you know for for the folks listening here, um, you know I don't know how many of you. I'm I'm 36 years old, right? At this moment, I've got I've had three toddlers, three kids under five. Um, you know everything I do is is for them, right? Being able to run my business, you know the way I do, and and in the afternoon, you know go out and read them a book. Um, if I'm working from home for the day, as opposed to grabbing a Starbucks w- with a coworker, and I think you know, having having them around as, as my motivation, working late at night after I get them, you know, down to bed, I think you know, my difference is, you know, for a lot of people, they're like, oh gosh, I have, you know, I've got kids, I have no time to do anything. For me, it's, you know, when my kids are around, I'm I spend as much time with them as I can. And that only, you know, helps me to, you know, stay more focused and more efficient and work even harder with the time I have left and the time that I make up, you know, late at night, work until three in the morning, you know, to, to take care of, you know, my, my clients as well. So I think, you know, my, my kids keep me, keep me grounded.
Wow. Wow. Well, yeah, well, that's, that's beautifully said. And that's a good, good place to, to end this. But I really want to thank you, though, for being as authentic as you are. Um, you know, these are my favorite type of episodes where it's just conversation and you can really, uh, really tell that the, that the guest is passionate about what they do. So I, you know, here's to hoping for more success throughout the year and, um, you know, in 2018 onwards. So I hope that your three greatest startups, uh, inventions, your kids end up also, um, growing and achieving all that they want to achieve. We're working on it. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> Anytime. Ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.